Welcome to the Hit Point Pals uh, Avengers Endgame recap? Postmortem something? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Travis Lean. Uh, Caleb Warwick is Hello. here as well. And we uh, have have both seen this movie. We went to not 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 together, but we both have seen this movie separately. Yes, and we we're here counts. to talk about uh, our thoughts on not just Avengers Endgame, but also this entire uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe that has just kind of now concluded this 22 movie arc, I guess, which is this really interesting, unique thing in the realm of cinema now to kind of look back on now that we have seen the conclusion to all of these movies. Um, Caleb, what sort of general thoughts did you have after this movie? Um, I felt not empty, but like satisfied. Like that was a great ending to 11 years of my life, I should say. <laughs> Cause man. It was crazy to be able to pull something off like that, especially because in a sense you could see it as kind of like a TV show and this is the season finale or the not season finale, but the show finale in general, like the mm -hmm. final episode. And I don't know, it's bittersweet because, you know, this is a lot of our childhoods. This is a lot of something that we all grew up with or grew with as it started and it's amazing to see how far it came really and just yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, no, let's let's talk about uh just a little bit about getting into uh these movies and how we were both introduced to these movies and how how what how long have these been going now? What, 11 years? 11 years. Yeah, 2008 is when Iron Man came out. <clears throat> I know for me I um I I wasn't really into the MCU all that much uh, at mm -hmm. the start. I think the first movie that really got me into it, like, solidly was The Winter Soldier. Oh, that's a good one to get into. That was, I, I for me, that was the first one that made me go, like, like a superhero movie, a Marvel superhero movie can actually be really Badass. good. Um, and then, since then, like, I, I hadn't gone and seen every movie uh in the th in theaters but i i think this 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 one uh endgame i think is the first one i ever went and saw on opening night um a lot of the past ones within the past couple of years i've i've seen like opening a week at least but um i mean i was never one of those like crazy mcu fans who went to every movie on opening night but there was mm -hmm. just so much about this this movie to look forward to that i ended up going and um and and seen it on opening night and it was pretty cool to uh kind of be a part of that experience with all of these other people who are probably a lot more excited than I was but it was fun to like yeah. share in in their excitement and it's it's always it's always fun to be around people who are who are really excited about uh stuff <laughs> I've really always liked Marvel um I've been more on the comic side with like DC and stuff cuz like Batman's one of my favorite superheroes but you know, he's never really gotten, aside from the three-part trilogy of the Dark Knight movies, yeah. um, never really gotten justice with, like, the other DC characters. Um, I mean, 
I wanted to like Batman versus Superman, but that's aside from a point. Um, but I just remember I grew up on a lot of the animations with uh, Marvel and video games and comics and stuff. I really like the Incredible Hulk. That's what I remember. Um, oh. He's one of my favorites. Wait, was there um, like a was there like an animation or something of the Hulk that you liked? Oh yeah, there was this animation of the Hulk. Um, have you ever heard of the Hulk versus series? Mm, no. I think they're on Netflix right now. They came out. I like might have. I might have. I might have come across those on Netflix at some point. Um, I just remember watching them when I was little. Um, I watched it all the time. Actually, I loved it. Uh, there was it was a two part animated series. Well, not series, but it was like a movie, like two forty five minute movies in one. Hmm. It was it was interesting, and it was like. Uh, Hulk versus Thor, and then Hulk versus Wolverine, and I just remember watching those all the time and just loved them. And I really loved. I mean, it's not necessarily part of the MCU, but the uh, mutants and stuff, and that kind of delved me into oh X Men you know, Hulk, yeah, X Men mutants, X Force, all those guys, right. and then it kind of delved me into um. The actual Marvel characters, well, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. The Avengers. The, the, the core characters yeah, who are Iron now Man. The, the main characters um, in the MCU. And I just remember always loving Spider-Man too. Um, I guess he got in the MCU a lot later, but that's alright. Yeah, but I think I should, I should mention... Oh, sorry, you, you started no, go to ahead, say go something. Ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I remember back when... Uh, I, I don't know what year it was, but I remember back when both Marvel and DC, and I don't know who did it first, but they both around the same time had announced this uh, absurdly into the future slate of, of films that they were going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I remember like looking at both of these lists and thinking that I was way more excited about the DC ones because... One, I had grown up with like Justice League, and I was more, way more familiar with the DC characters, Superman and Batman. Um, and I was not so much familiar with Marvel characters like Iron Man or Thor. Um, and I, I, I also really liked Spider Man. I loved the uh, Raimi trilogy of movies, especially. Oh yeah, those are and good. I was really disappointed that Spider Man wasn't going to be uh, a part of this slate of films that they had slated out in the MCU. So I didn't really have a whole ton of interest in the MCU at that time when they had both announced these really long slates of films. Of course, we now know, I mean, DC didn't make half of those films that they announced. Yeah. Um, and now Spider-Man is a part of the MCU. And uh, I was pretty skeptical about how they were introducing him, kind of like, like backdoor-ish in Civil War. But I ended up really liking it. And Spider-Man Homecoming ended up being a really great iteration of Spider-Man as well. And so... I uh, yeah, I've I've just been glad to see Spider-Man continue in in through these Avengers movies, and I expect they're going to lean pretty heavily on Spider-Man, uh, pending you know legal stuff and who owns the rights to Spider-Man or whatever. But yeah. I would expect them to lean pretty heavily on on him when they kind of go into a new saga of Marvel movies uh, that we don't know too much about yet. But I guess we'll talk about that after we get through talking about Endgame. Yeah, Spider-Man. Which is really interesting because the whole Sony and um, Disney kind of deal. I'm kind of surprised Sony isn't like, all right, Spider-Man, come on back. Because, I mean, to be fair, he did get, like, that is the, feels like the end, you know, of these 22 movies. Oh, you're Assuming saying you're of, surprised that Sony isn't 
like yeah. going to take back Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm surprised Sony's like, all right, uh, come on back to Sony and we'll start making movies with you. Well, that's kind of what I that's that's kind of what I meant by legal stuff from what I understand. And they, oh, gotcha. They, people don't know a whole ton, but it, it sounds like they're trying to figure out like how to move forward with Spider-Man and. I'm sure Sony wants the character back, probably, and Marvel wants the character even bad, uh, even even more <laughs> badly. I don't know. I got trapped by those words. Um, what I am excited about is <sighs> there's not going to be as many superhero movies now, well, at least not Marvel movies in a while. I'm. I think. I feel like I'm getting a little bit superhero fatigue in general. Um, but. Back to yeah, Endgame. I mean, usually there's like two, three Marvel movies a year. I, I, I don't know if, if it'll be. It probably won't be like that for a little while. Um, this year, yeah, it's Endgame and then Spider Man. Right. So. And there and isn't actually comes out anything in... on the slate after that. Technically, Black Panther, officially. I think. Well, yeah, Black these Panther are all like a, yeah, yeah. These are all unannounced projects that they've they've said they're working on but haven't given any official announcements yeah. to yet. But like I feel like it's safe to assume that like these movies are going to be made to right. be fair. So but at the same time they're not announced. Um <laughs> a lot in the superhero world. And it also you know what I think is interesting is all these side projects that are going to Disney Plus because technically there is going to be some like additions to characters that were in Endgame and stuff. Sure. Or like TV shows in Disney Plus, like Bucky and Falcon, um, and Wand. What is it? WandaVision? and then. Uh yeah, great name. Um, <laughs> Loki, Loki <laughs> show. Yeah, why don't we why don't we talk about that once we get through? Um, yeah, once we get yeah. through this movie. So I guess <sighs> just in general, we're just going to be spoiling the entire movie here. So this is a this is definitely a post watch listen. Um, you better leave now if you haven't seen the movie. Right. Um, but general thoughts on... No, I already asked you this. Um, I'll say my takeaway from the movie was that I very much enjoyed it. Um, I think it had some concerning bumps, and I'll get into that once we get more towards talking about the end of the film. But I think overall uh, it was very satisfying the character like drama was there in a way that i wanted it to be um it was not as heavy on like fight scenes as previous movies it did a really good job of exploring the personal sides of a lot of these characters i thought and that was mm -hmm. something i was looking forward to and kind of i didn't know really what to expect but it kind of was an expectation for me that the movie would spend at least some time focusing on the uh, aftermath of the of the devastation of the the snap and i i think it it did i think there was maybe a little bit more that i was looking for but i think for like for what it's worth and for what these movies like historically have been which is just kind of a lot of comic book characters thrown on the screen and a lot of action scenes and a, a lot of polished action scenes but sometimes not as much uh sometimes not as good of writing as you're looking for i i thought this this movie did uh, a really good job in in particular. Yeah, my my, it's probably my it, between this and Infinity War. I don't know. They they're definitely the the better of the Avengers movies. Oh no, by far like the best. Like 
Okay, so there's the first Adventures, which for its time especially was really cool. But like comparing those movies to like what we have now with mm -hmm. the the crazy ensemble, like I just, I just feel like it's not even fair to compare them to be <laughs> to be honest. I mean, yeah. Age of Ultron, ah, not didn't really it was all right. I think the really striking thing to me about uh, Infinity War and then continuing on into Endgame is uh, how it just really expands the world and takes you to literally different planets. You start sending mm -hmm. characters like Spider-Man into space and you really start connecting a lot of the um, worlds throughout the universe that have been established in a lot of the solo films like Thor, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and just bringing all these things together into one shared space and kind of as the viewer being able to step back and get a better look at kind of the bigger picture and it turns it into this like not just because of the space and sci-fi but it turns it into this like star wars-y feeling uh scale of epicness that seriously haven't really felt since well like literally star wars i guess yeah it it seriously does it um, it's it's really cool how big of a universe that they've created. Well, I, they necess didn't necessarily create, but like show on big screen and kind of give you a scale right. of like how massive like these characters span across the universe and such. I think that's awesome, stylistically and visually and through story. And it's just hard to do because you know you have so many characters and you can easily just like write them into the ground essentially but i feel like each character has like such an impactful personality and story behind them like you could argue some don't have as much others which you know makes sense they're all different characters but everyone has a purpose and it's just cool to see them all together you know mm -hmm. um but my favorite thing about this whole movie in general was just like you said, like I think I said it. <laughs> um, like well, it's wrap let's, up. Let's let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the beginning of the of the movie then, and and oh, yeah. out of that, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that first of all, um, I like how all of the trailers were every every scene from the trailers are like parts from the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, it was about the first fifteen minutes. Yeah, like not a single part of the, any other part of the movie was in the trailers, which is awesome. Yeah, I noticed there were a few shots from the uh the compound destruction scene, uh like Hawkeye running through the uh running through the the tunnels and such. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I think those were literally like the only couple of shots. Yeah, and it does not tell you what this movie is going to be about. And right, and I think that was part of the whole like this 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 movie has has kept its plot very much under wraps and i think that's part of the whole performance of of this movie is mm -hmm. them and plus this whole like social media campaign or whatever of don't spoil the end game um and it, it reminds me of like when like a star wars movie comes out like the force awakens and there's so much like th there's so much kept from the audience which makes it such a it, it just really adds to the experience of of seeing it for the first time and then you've got this whole community aspect of people wanting to not um, have anything from the movie given away. Uh, these trailers are only showing bits, just very 
very sparse parts of the movie just to be able to put people in the seats, which, I mean, they were going to be there anyway. Um, this is a movie that you probably could have not even released a trailer for, and it still uh, would have done just as well. Yeah, seriously. It Yeah, it's... I think this is going to be, like, one of the most successful, like, opening nights for any movie of all time. I believe I, as I, of today it, it was... It had, oh, it had overtaken The Force Awakens by a couple million dollars. Um, so, yeah. So, this is a movie that uh, it, it, it opens with uh, opens with Hawkeye's family vanishing, which, oh, is, which, yeah. is, which is literally something that I... Not, not to be like, I predicted this, but this, this is the only... This is the one thing that I had right, is, is after seeing Infinity War, I just wondered if Avengers Endgame would literally open with... Hawkeye hanging out with his family and then they would just kind of, you know, dissolve. Um, oh, yeah. I I figured that too. And I think, to be honest, like, I think that was one of those things that the directors knew that people were going to know about. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like they didn't like hint at it or anything. They're just like, you know, it. this is what happened. This is, you guys are right. And, yeah, every, you know, like, that's what I feel like that made it sort of like more impactful. Right. It was like knowing what's going to happen because it didn't even start with the trailer. Or I mean, not the trailer, the, 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 um, opening logos. the logo. Yeah, it, it just kind of cut went... in and then people in my theater were just kind of like, oh shit, the movie started, we gotta shut up. Yeah, <laughs> and like everyone knew that's going to happen, so that's why it made it like way more worse. Like watching, I think a good comparison I heard was like watching a, a car wreck in slow motion. <laughs> Right. And I'm not going to lie, I think Hawkeye was like one of my favorite characters of this whole movie, Ronin or whatever. Like, just his arc, just Yeah, he gets some interesting character. focus in this movie that the other movies haven't really given him. He he got some attention, I, I thought, in Age of Ultron when they kind of... I think that's one of the... I think that's probably the best part of Age of Ultron is when they are all hanging out at Hawkeye's house and you get yeah. introduced to, like, his family... Um, and you start to see some stuff that you see in Avengers Endgame too, which is these superheroes not being on the job. Like you get a lot of Tony Stark hanging out in his house with Pepper and with their kid. I'm I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but um, but but the yeah the 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 whole putting the superhero with their family and getting to see what they're like outside of superheroing, I think is it. it it really adds to these movies and really helps you connect to these characters when they're not just flying around shooting stuff because that's not relatable. They felt the most human in this out of all of the movies, which is cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> just like the Hulk. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, and then we get a surprisingly... I, th I I'm literally going off of memory, so if there's anything you want to add, anything I jump over or yeah, whatever, I'll... just stop me. I, I, I then we go right into like Iron Man is hanging out with uh with Nebula on the ship and it's like a surprisingly light scene where they're where they're just kind of hanging out and playing games and stuff for yeah, a few it, minutes at least for a few minutes. I thought it was kind of cool like showing how like Tony Stark was like you know what it would be like to not have a lot of food and water and oxygen. He looked really skinny and frail and stuff and I thought that was they did a good job with that and like kind of showing like the desperation i guess just in the middle of space for a little bit 
Right. And I mean, you could have made a whole movie about that, I, I, I think. But they, yeah, they got him out of there really quickly. Um, had Captain Marvel show up, and then they bring us back to the Avengers compound <laughs> where uh, Cap and Iron Man just start going at it. Um, they put him to bed. <laughs> they put some fluids in him or whatever. Um, and then they kind of hatch this plan to get in a ship, go after Thanos. Apparently, he like emits some energy or something, or they detect another like burst of energy from what turns out to be another snap and then this plot just kind of gives way to hopelessness where everyone kind of realizes they there's no way to get the stones because Thanos mm -hmm. has snapped them away and then we go into a time jump so up until this point well, just general thoughts I guess don't forget Thor cutting off his fucking head <laughs> <laughs> right right and was that a moment that like how, what what was that like to you i don't know i just like i was fuck i was shocked i was like holy shit he just fucking cut off thanos's head and like this is what 20 minutes into the movie right so it's like they just killed thanos like what what's gonna happen next kind of like that was my thought process i was like so are they going to have to go back in time now? Yeah, and so, there had been this time time travel theory going around for a long time, and it was something that I kind of... It, it was something that I pr expected to be in this movie. Um, over the course of the films, they've introduced ideas of uh, time travel with Doctor Strange, specifically, and mm -hmm. his time stone, and then Ant-Man going into the quantum realm, and one or both of these things probably being the plot that drives Avengers Endgame, which it turns out it is for the majority of the movie. Um, I was... The, the big, like, heavy hitter in that scene is is Thanos tells everyone, and he tells the truth, that he has snapped away the stones, he's destroyed the stones. Um, and so everything after that, including Thor cutting off his head, was, like, no big deal to me. Um, yeah, it, he. It just shocked me. I was like, "Holy shit!" They just cut <laughs> off his head. Like, what? The I, I I think maybe the part of it that was a bit shocking to me was that I I know a lot of this uh, the like the audience for this movie is like aimed towards children, sort of. Like it's mm -hmm. it's it's on the like it's on the like mature side of like the the child audience movie spectrum. Fair, I, would, I would say alien, right? So and like... he is. He he's he's humanoid, but he's not superhuman looking. So movies are are able to easy uh, do that a little bit easier, I, I think. As long as he doesn't have red blood, then we're fine. Sure, sure. So that, <laughs> that so I was a bit pleasantly surprised uh, by that. I the scene is, I it's an interesting scene because they show that he's just like hanging he's out. He's just like he's, frail he's got a old farm. Man. He's got a yeah. farm somehow. I don't know if he just took the farm from someone or what. It's also like, I love that they say he's on this planet. And this this planet doesn't get a name. It's just, it's a planet. It serves its purpose for, like, a scene. Mm. It's it's a nice looking planet, though. <laughs> I feel like they've, like, talked... Well, I mean, they have sort of talked about it in... I think Infinity War? Where he's, like, talking about going to, like, another planet. Just... Oh, to like he said he yeah. says he wants to. Settle I think down they might have whatever. said the name of the planet too. I don't remember. Mm. I, it's really not like super important. Interesting. It's just Thanos's farm planet. We'll call it that. <laughs> what follows that is 
you get introduced to this time jump, and I think the first scene after the time time jump that says five years later is I I think Cap is in a like a like a support group I think yeah probably like P I think it was like PTSD group for like people who've lost someone from the vanished yeah or and from so the snap this is a scene here that that just kind of shows the personal side of people still being just people remaining affected by losing half of the population and one of the things that i was kind of missing in this five years later in the scenes that occur right after the five years later title card was some sort of better i i guess what i was looking for was a better sense of how the world was affected um and you see the per you you get a lot of sense of the personal side with like these like background these unnamed characters like uh one of the russo brothers has a cameo yeah. as just some guy who's in there talking about losing his partner um and so you get that personal side but i i think what and maybe it's not important but i think one thing i was looking for was like a, a better sense of how like the world as a structure is doing at this point and to me, I thought that was a little bit important because Thanos is is set up in Infinity War as he's the villain, but he also has he's trying to he's trying to improve the universe is what he's doing. And I think for mm -hmm. me, I was looking for kind of an answer as to did he succeed in improving the universe or not? And their answer to that was like th this film says no, like he he didn't improve the universe because everyone is pretty devastated. But I didn't really get a chance to see any physical or like concrete uh, ramifications of the snap. And I guess by that I mean like, how is the world doing structurally? Like, yeah, how is society holding up? Is it just fine and people are a little sad, or is it like, is there? And I think maybe the movie kind of skirts around that. Um, maybe that's something that not everyone's super interested in. Like, I don't know that anyone other than me was looking for like how is the economy doing post snap um mm -hmm. so maybe that's just a weird like aside that i was looking for but that was one thing i was missing there um no i think a lot of people are actually looking for that too i was i was certainly looking um i mean there was like little hints of like i remember captain america was like um i saw some whales are right what do you call it? yeah yeah he, he mentions there's not as many boats in the ocean, so like the uh, did, did he wipe away the boats? Bad. No, 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 no. Like there's not as many people. <laughs> no, no, <it's> just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The snap wiped out half the boats. Um, it wiped out half of literally everything. Yeah, that um, is the that is the one time you you get kind of a global perspective. Um, it just it sounds like getting rid of half of the population has really improved the world, uh, like ecologically. That would make sense. I've literally, I only heard them talk about positives, really. <laughs> like, I don't think there was, like, a, aside from, like, oh, I'm sad, I lost somebody. It was more of, like, that's, that's really the negative side. But, right. like, um, it's a little bit off talking about the movie. Like, I was reading this thing about, like, uh, scientifically, if you wiped away half of everything, it would be significantly worse because the uh, ecosystem in general especially with like endangered species and stuff like that mm -hmm. so you wipe away half of endangered species some go away overpopulation of other animals and stuff and yeah but, but anyways yeah no that um, totally makes sense mm -hmm. 
But yeah, I mean, there wasn't really any bad things aside from all oh, my friends. They're gone. Gotta right. avenge them. Yeah. Um, and I think you get a little bit of that with, uh, with Tony being very hesitant of, uh, going on a mission with them. Um, because he it seems like he has been coping and adjusting. Uh, he's, it's revealed that he has had a, he's had a daughter and he's just fine. Yeah. And well, he's not fine, fine, uh, yeah, but Spider-Man. he's right. He, th- yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoy when he, uh, like he looks at the photo of of him and and Peter, and it mm-hmm. seems it seems like the movie wants you to think like that's what kind of spurs him to jump aboard with the plan, uh, which is introduced by Ant Man, who gets saved by a rat. <laughs> so this rat is the most important character in the MCU at this point. The rat saved everybody because if this rat five years later hadn't stepped on the thing then Ant-Man would never have come out of the quantum realm. Um, and the rat doesn't even get, like, a thank you. Yeah, I know. Just like He's this... just kind of completely ignored. Exactly. This rat saved the world. <laughs> or half of it. Um, <laughs> but this part of the movie that it spends on uh, Scott Lang uh, tr- just figuring out what the hell happened, um, I really enjoy this part because it feels a lot like an episode of uh, HBO's The Leftovers. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Caleb. No, I've never seen that. Okay, so just real quick, The Leftovers is this show that I I really love. Um, It's it's all about how people on Earth are dealing with uh, the aftermath of a a basically like some sort of rapture. Um, People, a a portion of the population has vanished. I think it was like 20% or so. It might have been a little less. I don't remember. But a, a lot of people have vanished, and this show is just a a really surreal drama about different people and different groups of people and how they adapt uh, to the uh, just the the disappearance of a lot of people that they know, a lot of friends and loved ones. Um, it takes place several years after people have vanished, so a lot like how Endgame has this uh, has this flash forward. Um, and you just see all these different groups of, of people doing, like, memorials uh, to folks. Uh, you get people going into these weird cults and stuff. People just are all... It, it's all about how people have, have reacted to this and how society moves on after the fact. And <clears throat> so you see a lot of that in um, this scene with Scott walking around. And it's... Again, there's, like... I think the, mo- the, I think the movie does this sort of ambiguous thing where, like, it, it's kind of feels like a post-apocalypse and you see some post-apocalyptic imagery on the streets of San Francisco like mm-hmm. Scott is is walking past like it looks like abandoned cars and stuff but it's not like there was total like warlike devastation it's just kind of like it it's clear that the world has has been visibly altered um, yeah and it's you see this shit. this big uh like park full of these giant uh, stones with people's names on them. The vanished. Yeah, the vanished. That's that. That's the part that really made me think of the leftovers. Just how how everybody has these monuments and stuff to all the people who are gone. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was a really nice part of the. Uh, that was that was a really interesting part of the movie for for me. And then him getting to see his uh, daughter, who he, he is now five years older than than the last time. 
I thought it was really interesting because he was in the quantum realm and how he said that it felt like five minutes to him, which was five years. So it's like going doing something for five minutes and then going back outside and half of everyone you ever known is gone. So it's like really interesting. Like, how would you react? Like, I feel like that was like I bought that, you know? Yes. Um, what's what's his actor's name? Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd. That's right. Um, he did a really good job of portraying like what I thought would be like a realistic reaction to something like that. I bought it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and I also really liked his just his role in the Avengers. Like he wasn't in the first movie at all, which made sense. But um, he had a really big role in this movie, and I liked it a lot. I've always sort of liked Ant Man because he was kind of like the underdog superhero, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he he was fun, and I really liked him and Tony a lot. Yeah, I guess just a general thing that I really liked was getting to 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 see different elements that have been introduced in movies throughout the years, all mm-hmm. kind of culminating in this one. And by elements, I mean like specific objects and powers and stuff like the uh the pim particle becomes a big plot point them needing that to travel through time um even s- things as simple as like like the like the doctor strange portals they can draw um those start to show up oh, and th- yeah. th- th- those have like implications um just yeah things like uh thor's hammer just all of these things coming together on on their own in these movies that they've been introduced in like the pim particle didn't necessarily have uh huge well like you you could tell that they were setting it up for something that was a bigger picture and now you're seeing what the payoff of that is like all of these movies have been working towards this bigger picture and then you get to see it come to to fruition in endgame yeah and that is i don't know it's just really cool to me i it's just so cool. At this point, they, they, I mean, they start getting people, they start trying to get people together to talk about this whole time travel thing. Um, we get intro- reintroduced to some people, like, uh, we get scientist, uh, scientist Hulk, Professor Hulk, it's <laughs> Professor Hulk. Ah, uh, uh, man, I, it was funny at first, but then, like, I just got upset, because, like, dude, they nerfed Hulk for both of these movies. <laughs> they nerfed him, straight up. Like, he's one of the most powerful characters in the MCU, the Hulk. And he didn't, like, do anything. Like, he, it was just, like, more of... It was just Bruce Banner at that point. I really like where it went with, uh, with Hulk. Because even mm-hmm. though we haven't really... Aside from that one weird movie with Ed Norton, we haven't gotten any Hulk-focused uh, or Hulk-specific movies or anything, and yet they've been able to weave this through line this character arc over the course of the movies he's been in which i guess would be avengers uh ultron um ragnarok infinity war and they're able to uh tell the story of bruce just being at odds with the hulk over time which is just i mean that's the classic hulk story um but then you get to this point in infinity war where after having the crap kicked out of him by thanos um the hulk just doesn't want to come out and he doesn't for that movie um and it's a it's like a pretty big plot twist that the the hulk isn't even able to to participate in the infinity war um and then 
you finally see with um with the introduction of uh professor hulk in endgame how bruce was able to get these two personalities to stop fighting with one another and i thought that was a really good way to kind of wrap up bruce banner's story um it felt like a good conclusion for for me and a good ending point and plus we don't really know what the future of the hulk is in the mcu i i would hope that he would continue he survived so it's on the table definitely but like i i feel like if we don't see hulk again for a while or if we never see this version of the hulk again i think he got his story wrapped up pretty cleanly i don't know what you think of that well like i I said I'm a Hulk fan. I like the Hulk right, a lot. Right. And you like Hulk versus Wolverine. <laughs> Hulk's just so dude. I just wanted him to see at least fight in this crazy battle. Right. Like did that's he, all I did wanted. Did he not? I mean, okay, we'll he talk didn't. about that later. That scene is just I don't know what happened half the time, so um. But still, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it later. But um I wanted him to do Hulk stuff, but as Bruce Banner, at right. least. You know? Where it was like conscious. I mean, I guess technically we saw some of that in the movie, like one scene, but like it wasn't necessarily Banner Hulk. Yeah, I mean, he's given a pretty big role, I would say. Like he, he's kind of the one who, uh, he, he, him between him and Tony, like they, they've always been, uh, kind of portrayed as the the two like scientist brain characters um Mm -hmm. but hulk is really the one who it's it feels like is able to put together the time machine and kind of plan out all the logistics of all of all of this stuff um kind of taking over that role after uh, tony is kind of tony definitely contributes but it, it feels like uh it feels like banner hulk is kind of the one who's in charge now on the um on the logic and science and thinking side of things it seems like he's the one that they needed after all this time like he's like bruce banner is extremely smart so i mean i guess that make that makes sense of why they would make him like that but regardless i'm still sad but they <laughs> they they use him well like right, for a yeah. movie for this movie they used him well but for caleb i'm sad <laughs> I I really like the scene he's introduced in where they spend like a solid minute on okay, this that was, like awkward that was encounter hilarious. with the kids that who was... want their photo taken. He's like, just take the goddamn phone. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love how much time they devoted to just this bit. Like it could have just been uh, like a throwaway thing, but instead it stretched out for like it felt like a couple minutes. Um, and I at that point I also realized that Scott Lang and the Hulk never has like encountered each other. There's a lot like, of characters who like I I couldn't be I, I couldn't be bothered to keep straight like who actually knew who. Yeah, I remember Ant Man and Iron Man and you know all the Captain America and stuff were all Civil War, um, and then at the same time Hulk and Thor were in Asgard, right during that time. So that makes sense. I, the Ant- movie was surprisingly <laughs> more funny than I thought it would be. Especially okay, considering so the plot and the that's setup. Where, yeah, that's where my complaint kind of comes in. Oh, really? Um, yeah, like, there was a lot of funny scenes and a lot of the jokes and humor hit, but there was some of them that just kind of, like, felt distasteful. Um, like, too funny. Like, shouldn't be, like... Like, you know, I don't know. It's... Mm-hmm. 
it just kind of felt forced in some parts. Um, so, especially... like, I, I rewatched Infinity War right before I saw this movie, and mm-hmm. Infinity War is also funny, but it's more of like it's it's more subtly funny. Uh, like, yeah. part, Peter gets a lot of good one-liners uh, interacting with like the Guardians of the Galaxy and seeing how like their vibe clashes with the Avengers vibe is humorous. And it's just a lot of things like that, whereas I felt like Avengers Endgame had a lot more overt humor and almost like slapstick comedy. No, yeah, that's 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 how I felt as well. Um there was yeah, there was a lot of funny stuff in it, but it was just some of it just kind of felt forced and like I don't know. I I felt like it should have had a little bit less of that, especially for the stakes and like what's been going on in this movie and um I don't know. That was my one complaint. I mean, to be fair, the humor did hit. It was pretty funny and most of it but it just kind of felt forced in a lot of parts that actually is what kind of detracted me a little bit from it mm-hmm. uh, but once it got a little bit more serious then i was like right, whatever can um, you can you can you give me any good examples i think the biggest example was probably i think is this too far ahead the thor scene no we're about, we're the about there thor. yeah um this is I mean, when it was they're, kind they're of... trying to get the they're trying to get as many people basically as they as they Yeah. Can. It was kind of funny seeing Thor, you know, being all the the drunk he is now and stuff. See, I I, like... I see I, I like I, I understand what you mean, but I think like because it was so like over the top, I think. Yeah. And so I do agree with you on that part. I think as a concept, it works one hundred percent well, like Thor Yo, has yeah. gone off the deep end. But then the presentation of it was just a little bit weird. Yeah, it was like, it makes sense too. I thought the same thing was like, yeah, he has all this weight from like not being able to kill Thanos in time and like should aim for the head, all that. Just on his head. And I guess like there were two ways they could have gone with it. And one would have been like a more grounded uh, version of that where like, yeah, it's not used as a as a visual joke. Um, and you know, but what, what they end up going with is using it as a like as a as a funny reveal. So mm-hmm. you get hit with like this image of of like Fat Thor of like thung- Thungus, <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. But then he's then he's just then you it kind of like hits you like this is Thor for this movie. This is yeah, a little weird. That's that's what disappoints me really well, really a lot because. In Infinity War, he get he's like he's a badass in that movie. Like right. he straight up is like a badass, and um, he gets this badass like redemption sort of against Thanos, and you know the whole situation happens. He gets a new hammer or a new weapon. Right. Um, he literally takes a star to the back, like all this stuff. He does all this badass stuff, and like mm-hmm. and then this movie, it's just kind of like like as a concept, yeah, it's funny, but like. It it's just I don't know. He gets this crazy arc, and then all of a sudden it just changes drastically. And it was funny, like I said at first, but then it just kind of got old a little bit to me, anyways. Like yeah. I'm sure a lot of people liked it, thought it was funny, thought it was um made sense, but it just it just took me out of it a little bit. Yeah, just, no, I I definitely agree because most of the rest of the movie is like pretty pretty solidly grounded but yeah um 
then you just I'm kind of God. Uh, you Fortnite. just kind of are, are, are stuck with this <laughs> this image of I, of Thor. What did you think of seeing uh of seeing Cold play Fortnite? I got so mad. I'm not gonna lie. Why? I was just like, it doesn't make sense. It's five <laughs> years in the future. It's just like an older well, build of Well, half of the Epic devs got snapped away, so they probably didn't yeah, so have as like... much time to work on the game, and it's a live game, so like, they probably but just reverted to the most stable patch, if you, and just left Okay, it. if you go back to Infinity War, Fortnite was out during the time, Okay, and it was still a... Uh, I'm mad. <laughs> I take a point away, because of that. Um... Yeah, I didn't think about it until someone pointed it out after the fact that uh that that Fortnite has a Thanos event. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that happened last year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it happened again this year from what I from what I could tell. <laughs> could you imagine like I think we were yeah, we were talking about this like um just playing a game where somebody in real life wiped out half of your population of your mm -hmm. planet and species. <laughs> And then they just implement that into a video game where you could play as him. I wonder how much money Epic paid to be the, the video game featured in Avengers Endgame. Probably none, because the Russo brothers love it. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the whole reason Infinity or Thanos got put into Fortnite. Oh, okay. They asked the Russo brothers, oh, hell yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm sure they got, you know, paid and stuff, but I don't know. Anyways, yeah. At least we got to see Korg again. I did like Korg. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get as much screen time as I wish he... Because I wish Cork was in every scene. But that's I just me, Korg. personally. Uh, <laughs> he has he has my, f like, ideal sense of humor. Like, Oh, yeah. I ideal humor for a movie. That's like... I love that dude. Cork, <laughs> um, you're awesome. I, yeah. I want a movie dedicated to Cork. So what did you think of them... Splitting off and going on this thing that gets dubbed the the time heist, where we revisit I, three different movies from earlier in the MCU. I knew they had to go back in time, yeah, when they yeah. killed Thanos. Like, but I didn't think it was going to be like that until like they started the time heist, and I was like, no way, they're going to go back to old movies. And I, right. I was actually like on board to that, like not just for the nostalgia fact, but like. I thought it was really cool how they did it. They just straight they, up did it Back to the Future of, too style. They make fun of Back Back to the Future, and they say that Back to the Future is uh, unrealistic, and then they do Back to the Future too. Yeah, <laughs> which is a funny like I don't know that. I mean, if you're gonna do that, Back to the Future two did it well, so might as well. I and... think they did like a perfect job of capturing the tone of each of these movies. Because oh, yeah. they're now so different from Infinity War, so it was really striking to me to see like almost what looks what what feels like unused footage from like the Avengers yeah. or like bloopers or something. I really and, like and they're it. able to write those in so well that they feel like they came straight out of that movie. I really like how they didn't like use scene by scene like that those movies. They like kind of did like what happened after the movies almost yeah, and like yeah. behind the scenes of like what was going on. So you like, see like you the to... aftermath of the like defeating Loki scene and then you see like if that scene had continued. Yeah, like Doctor's like what Doctor Strange's uh palace or whatever that place is called was ha like oh, yeah, dealing with during the time and like that one chick was just like defending off the aliens. Um not necessarily I was very like... glad to see the uh the ancient one reappear. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. I like that a lot. Like just how they did that with all the 
um the movies and stuff that that was um it's really hard to do time travel i say in some movies because it just kind of feels cheap you know like you just like reverse time change it but how they did it in this movie is i think it was really good um yeah and <laughs> I, I don't know like seeing past avengers like fight each other and stuff was was quite a experience you got to see uh sure. captain america fight himself <laughs> see captain america say hail hydra <laughs> america's ass yeah <laughs> he's like that's america's ass <laughs> i didn't think i would have to hear a reference to Stuart little in the movie but i did so there was that well there's a lot of pop culture references in this movie. i know but i was i just I just strictly remember having a conversation about Stuart Little, and I just don't like those movies. Well, no, they're and... fucking weird movies. Who wants to watch a movie about a rat who drives a car? Dude, Stuart Little 2 has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And I was like, I was so mad. And then he, someone brings up Stuart, Iron Man brings up Stuart Little in the movie, and I'm just like, great, now I have to think about Stuart Little. Um, while I'm watching Avengers, which is something I didn't want to do. Thanks, Tony Stark. Thanks, Robert Downey By the way, one of my favorite moments in the movie, uh, possibly my favorite moment in the movie, is when Ant-Man is eating tacos and they get blown away <laughs> by the ship yeah. that comes in and lands. And then That's Banner it. Hulk comes by and gives him new tacos. And it's uh, everyone, like... <laughs> everyone it's in my nice theater was like, moment. aww. Yeah, same. It was just su such, it, such a very... Very, very, very heartfelt moment. Yeah, because, like, you're used to this, like, raging beast just destroying things, and then here we have him giving someone a small taco. Well, and... you're also used to the Avengers just kind of, like, one, kind of being at each other's throats the whole time, and two, like, kind of being just down to business all this time. Yeah. And here you get a chance to see kind of, like some downtime like he's he's just eating tacos and then you just kind of see how these people or how these superheroes are uh interacting mm -hmm. which i it was it was it was cool i thought like even the scene where like black widow is hanging out at like the comms talking to people who talking to star wars holograms about what's going on around the galaxy and stuff um yeah and she's just like eating a sandwich it's just like she just he's the only one it turns out who's still hangs out at the compound because like he's surprised when cap walks in but like you get a glimpse into what black widow has been doing for like five years which it turns out is just like hanging out at the compound still trying to 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 run things and give keep a sense of like yeah 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 keep 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 things uh working man i gotta see this movie again i think i'm gonna see it again this weekend <laughs> I have to like I was I was so aggravated this weekend or yesterday for some reason and plus I was super tired so seeing it again is probably something I should do um but regardless it was good um I liked I actually really did like Black, Black Widow a lot in this movie I think she did a really good job in this movie and they kind of um had her play the right parts not play the right parts um um fit her into what she like her role um, like, you know, she's, she doesn't necessarily, can't really do anything in general, aside from shoot guys and speak Russian. Yeah, I but, mean, that's um, the, that's kind of been the Black Widow problem since she yeah. was first introduced. But, 
like now I feel like you know she makes sense. She's kind of like the leader in some ways, um, and especially how they use her when they did the time jumps and used um, Hawkeye. I thought that was really cool. Um, she seems to be the strongest of the original Avengers in terms of like willpower and yeah, exactly. wanting to you see you get to see like moments of her being emotional especially when thinking about like Hawkeye and stuff um mm-hmm. but she definitely seems to be and it's part of her character like right like like the way that she was uh, whatever like kidnapped and, or put through I don't I don't 100% understand the 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 backstory of Black Widow and I think that's probably something that will be explained further in this rumored Black Widow solo movie but um mm. which will probably be a prequel it seems um but oh, yeah she's in the soul stone <laughs> um but yeah I, I i think it was it was it was nice at least to see like uh, the the way she's able to kind of be the one who is able to persevere the strongest hawkeye and black widow and, also the one Red who Soul. has to go rein in hawkeye after he decides to just like become john wick i guess no, he's Ronin, man. He's Ronin. He goes and fights the Yakuza and, you know, where's Thanos? Uh, right. You killed everybody already. I'm going to find him. He's <laughs> just a guy with a bow and arrow. Um, no, but you know what I thought about? Um, someone explained that, like, like, what if it was literally anybody else besides Hawkeye and Black Widow that went to that place to get the stone? Like, yeah. imagine if it was, like, Hulk and Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, like, kill somebody you love, right? Yes. And I don't think, like, like fuck, like, how are we gonna get the stone then? Um, so I guess they got really lucky that it was them two and not, like, Iron Man and Ant-Man or Hulk and Ant-Man or something like that. Yeah, I guess funny. I was thinking about that too. Is like how how does that work? What if well, like one person shows up to to get the soul stone, and because the only two the only two scenes we've seen of people trying to get the soul stone have been people have shown up in pairs. Yeah, and like the first one it makes sense because like Thanos knows about it. It's very the convenient one, for 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 Red Skull. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Red Skull. Who I guess is now Death. I don't know. I don't know who that character is anymore. Just, not Hydra. Just a floating just a, red yeah. guy. Yeah. Also, how, kind of... <laughs> how does how does that like one-off villain become the the one who becomes like the embodiment of death or whatever? I don't understand. He's like one of the like smallest villains in these movies. Like in the comics, I'm sure he's bigger. I haven't necessarily read, but I think Hydra's a lot bigger too. But yeah, I don't know. He's just there all the time. How does he survive? How did he get there? Is what I'm asking. Right. This. Oh wait, I think he got. I think he got teleported with the, (laughs) um, one of the, the cube or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. The tesseract. Right. I had a lot of thoughts about just like these, the all of these alternate realities that get opened up that are completely like of no consequence to the Avengers. Mm Hmm. Um. I think one of my favorites is like. Before Thor goes back with the Pym Particle, which he had, like, extracted from Natalie Portman's body, 
Mm-hmm. Um, before he goes back, he 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 takes his hammer, which means now there's a Thor with no hammer in that in that universe. Oh, I never really <laughs> thought of that. I I thought the movie might address it with like some like one liner or something funny, but no, it was just completely glanced over. Wait, is that like, was that an alternate reality or is that that was the past though, right? Yes. So if it, if he took it from the past, then technically, I mean, that's the same Thor, so he still no. has it. No, 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 that's not how that works in that movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. Thor, it's Thor, time travel. Okay, so Thor time travels back to the past, but he doesn't replace the original Thor or anything. There's still a Thor there. So basically, this future Thor has shown up, taken the hammer, and left. And there's still a Thor that in was, this universe to work things out. That was out. during the, the Avengers, so that was like 2012, so essentially it's Thor without a hammer for like... What, what does that movie take place in 2023 or something? Yes. So... <laughs> well, this isn't the okay. universe that you're going to see, or even or that you're supposed to care about. I just It was something that was funny to me, just the thought of another Thor swooped in, took the hammer, and left. <laughs> yeah so the hulk explained it it's like when you go back to the past you're not changing the future your right. future or like your present is now your past sort of something like that and i just yes. got really confused and i just didn't think about it <laughs> right <'Cause>... so <laughs> so um the things that they're doing in the past are not affecting their current timeline but they're still able to like physically I guess, take things and travel back through the quantum realm. But mm-hmm. the way the quantum realm works is like multiverse theory in which like the oh, butter- so those are so, like, so like the butterfly effect as okay. in like everything just kind of infinitely branches. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. That's I, at the same time, I, like I said, I was really tired and aggravated, so I didn't want to like think <laughs> super hard like that. Um, usually I do think a lot like that, but I was just like, I I don't want to think about any of these things right now. I just want to watch this ending. Right. So, so like, they're so able which is, to, which they're gives able me to... even more reason to watch that movie again. <laughs> so, I mean, you can, you can travel, they've established that you can travel to another like point in time and then travel back to your point in time, but this doesn't affect time. It's just kind yeah. of going in and out of different points. Yeah. It's, th- that's kind of like. What I vaguely thought it was like you're just kind of going to an um essentially it becomes an alternate or, reality. Yeah, it's just so another it's that, another way of 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 uh, of establishing an alternate reality, basically. Yeah, it's like in that reality, um, they don't have Thor doesn't have a hammer, or in yeah. another reality, yeah, that makes that makes more sense and stuff. Um, so it's not necessarily affecting their future. Mm. Um, goddamn, it'd be hard to write that. <laughs> And make it like make sense. I thought for for what they set out to do, I thought it pretty much did everything that it tried to do perfectly. Yeah. Um, like I we're said, we're also talking about a, a comic book movie where sure. there's a talking raccoon. So right. I mean, but also, like when you when you call out every other time travel movie in existence in one sequence, where like Ant Man sits there and just kind of lists all of these time travel movies. Uh, and when you do that, then you kind of set expectations that you're establishing this unique set of rules and the movie has to stick by it. And then it actually doesn't. Yeah. And, and that was the one like big problem I had with this movie uh, is, well, I guess, I, fuck it. I'm just going to skip to the end where Captain America 
is there and I don't get it. Wait, is where? On the bench. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what I thought was like, okay, so he says like, right, Scott Lang says five hour or five years is like five minutes for him in the quantum realm, right? That's kind of inconsequential. That's kind of just a thing that was that particular instance for Scott Lang visiting the realm. But like, yeah, he went back in time. You know, be you know what I thought about. Um, if so, Cap was supposed to return all the stones, right? Yeah. So he goes to get back the Soul Stone, and Red Skull's there. Yeah, this part doesn't make any sense, and I um, don't. This is kind of almost ruined the movie for me. They establish that these very strict rules with the time travel, and they follow them. Up until this point in the movie, where they just kind of say, fuck it, we're, we need to wrap up the movie. Mm -hmm. And so Captain America takes these stones that are not even in the forms that they were taken in. Like, the like space stone isn't the Tesseract, it's just like a stone. Mm -hmm. And then he, like, what? He goes and he puts them back. Does he, like, re-inject the stone into Natalie Portman? But it's, no not, it's not that part that ruined it for me. It's that he apparently decides to stay in the past and yet somehow he's still in the present which is literally the exact opposite of how they established the time travel rules yeah because he'd be in an alternate dimension right yeah he just he it wouldn't have shown up hmm maybe we'll, we'll just say that he grew up and then he <laughs> came back like he time traveled because hulk he found hulk again he time traveled to this reality so he could talk to them specifically. Yeah, we'll I mean, that, that would I feel, make I sense it. if he had shown up on the pad, but he didn't. He just kind of, like, was there on a bench as if he, like, had waited we'll, we'll for just, this particular <laughs> moment to, to show up. We'll just say the pad was somewhere else <laughs> in his timeline. Sure. Because, like, yeah, I didn't think of that either. I just thought it was, like, a cool send-off to Cap. Well, it was, and I think that's what it's intended to be, and I think you're supposed to just kind of ignore some of the logical fallacies of it. They, they should have had an, uh, added an extra hour to this movie where Hulk was explaining how time travel worked. I mean, they do that for, <laughs> like, for, a, for a solid amount of time. But, um, uh, yeah, I guess that was, my, that, that was my one big major issue with this movie, is that they kind of hand wave a big plot point and rules that had been established, like, not even an hour beforehand. Mm. Um, that bothered me uh, a, a lot, and it bothered me how... Um, I mean, like, in my mind, they could have just as easily given Cap a, a less confusing send-off. Like, they could have had Cap also have been killed. Um, they could have had him pass the torch to someone else and then go back in time. It just mm. seemed really weird and out of character, especially for... Someone who's all into like defending America and all that, for him to just, without telling anyone, decide to just hang out and establish this alternate timeline where there's no Captain America. He just kind of mm -hmm. sits at home and lets things happen in the world around him. Fuck it. We'll let him have his um, illogical <laughs> uh, time travel plot hole just this once. Sure. Justice once. That's so, all we'll do. I guess, what did you think of the 
like Lord of the Rings scale climax sequence. Dude, that was fucking awesome. Not gonna lie. Like just seeing every single character from the MCU. It has a up. lot of really good moments that I think are are really good payoffs. Yeah, for a lot was, of these characters. Like as like as crazy as it was, it was it was amazing. It was so cool to see that. Like when I don't know they how you feel. When, well, yeah, I thought I I I had a little a little bit of mixed feelings. I really liked it. I thought it was a great sequence. Uh when they had everyone mm-hmm. kind of showing up, I almost like rolled my eyes a little bit just kind of like how how long it went on and how many different people from all these different movies they were bringing in. And when you start to see like these long sweeping tracking shots where there's so much visual information that it's hard to like actually focus on any one thing, it to me it kind of highlights like how far the MCU has gone in terms of establishing characters and like refusing to kill them off in certain cases like it it's it felt very overpopulated to me in a way that kind of highlights some of the failures of the MCU where mm-hmm. you have an oversaturation of characters to keep track of and only a, a a portion of them are really memorable like there's a lot of them who are just kind of throwaway characters right Mm-hmm. And it it well, just it like it reminded me of like how people had expected a lot of like characters maybe to be killed off back in like Age of Ultron, and then it the, seeing that movie and seeing like how they didn't take any risks by doing that, uh, kind of reminded me of how like for a long time the MCU has been very stubborn about killing off any of its characters. Yeah. Um. I mean, to be fair though, like a lot of those characters do have a lot of like impact in all of the movies essentially. Like some I don't know who I'd consider who would you consider a throwaway character? Um the girl with the antennas is one. Really? Yes. <laughs> I don't even know her name. That might be part of it. Mantis. I, Mantis? Okay, yeah. That's her name. Um, I thought she was actually pretty good. Personally. Characters like uh, like Doc, I love Wong in Doctor Strange, but like he's 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 not given enough like gravitas. He there's you could erase him and he, he, nothing really would have changed. Mm-hmm. Even though I really like like the portrayal of that character and he he adds a lot to that movie, I think, but not plot wise, not writing wise. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you have a good character and they're part of the universe that people like, then that's all you really need, right? Yeah, definitely. It's just like when you see all of these characters in one space, at like in in one scene, all put together, like what's probably like a hundred plus named characters, it really highlights how like so many of them can just kind of fade into the background and feel very small. Yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense. And it's not really like something that 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 like made me dislike the scene it was just something that i noticed and it was one of my like big observations from this sequence um i mean the other big observation was that like at a certain point maybe it's a little bit over the top to put so much visual like fidelity into one frame but at the same Mm -hmm. time a lot of these shots are like it's meant to be on an epic scale and it does that. It's just that in some of these cases, there's too much going on. Like, there's a part where someone asks 
to like Ant-Man or someone asks if anyone has seen like this van, right? And, like his van is just kind of hanging out and you get this overhead shot where Valkyrie is looking for the van. And I think the shot shows the van, but I don't know because the screen just had so much shit happening in it. Oh, I saw the van. I saw the van. <laughs> I guess it's just like what my eyes do when I'm watching one of these scenes and how things are. Yeah, it's... Up and, and how it's it's a it's very stylistically different, I would say, than the rest of the MCU that is kind of flat and and grounded. And then here you get almost like uh, almost like a like a DC like Batman versus Superman stylized sequence in the way that the like color and light are presented in this really epic way. Yeah. That was that's actually pretty true. Um but just like seeing all of those things at once was just crazy and I loved it. I love over the top action and it's weird seeing over the top action in like a well-written movie. <laughs> right. Cuz you're used to like Transformers and oh, all that stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So. Like, you say what you want about Transformers, and I don't like it as much either, but, you know, it's it's visually, or like, uh, not even visually, but just like, there's a lot going on over the top. It's fun. You know yeah. what I mean? No, it is definitely fun. It's also fun to see a lot of these characters, like, it, interacting and just being in the same space. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is a case where you don't need a whole ton of, like, setup. You don't need people introducing themselves to one another. It's just kind of, it's this apocalyptic, like, last stand type sequence. Everyone's just kind of there in the same place, and they, like, they, they know who, who, whose side they're on, basically, and that's about all they need to know, I guess. Iron Man send-off was really cool. Yeah, I like Iron that. Man send-off, and then the, uh, the Cap Thor hammer payoff. Oh yeah, that was really cool. I really like that part. You know what sucks though is that somebody spoiled the movie like two hours before I went to go see it. Wait, really? Yeah. What like that was... part specifically? They they said, um, Iron Man dies and Captain America picks up <laughs> Thor's hammer. Those are the two spoilers, and I was just like, no way. Like that's <laughs> like it was like oh no a day before um no not a day before no yeah they posted it a day before but I saw it like an hour. Or two before the movie. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it's not a spoiler. I don't believe it. Did you not, like, and mute then... things? I did. I muted everything. Huh. I didn't have I to mute anything. I just, like... I know that my timeline wouldn't have people who would spoil the movie, I guess. So. It was in one of the comments of one of my posts. Oh, see, I, I don't really read upset. comments. <laughs> no, I don't either, but I get notifications for mm, them. Mm. So that's the shitty part. And I was I was sad, but so like I didn't get emotional during the Tony Stark scene. Like, uh, I didn't cry. A lot of people did, but like, and I thought I was going to also, but I was like, I I don't know. I thought it was really sad, but you know, it's a little the the whole Tony Stark send off is it's very self indulgent. It feels like, mm. and it, I you could probably argue that maybe like Robert Downey Jr. and the franchise at this point have earned it, but it does go really over the top with the death of Iron Man and just kind of this 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 very self-indulgent, like, uh, lingering on, like, despair of of the Iron Man send-off, like, going into the funeral, and, and mm -hmm. everything is just very Iron Man, very Robert Downey Jr. 
focused in in this instance, especially considering uh, Black first... Widow was also killed off earlier in the movie. Yeah, it doesn't even have like doesn't a, even a really funeral. get much of an impact after that. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, in the movie, anyways, um, Iron Man was the first. He's the first Avenger, essentially. Well, Captain America, yeah, but I mean, in the movies, he's the first one. He's the first guy. Yeah, it's it's very crazy looking back on Iron Man from 2008, because it's a very different movie made in a very different time. Yeah. And it's the same character and the same actor from from uh, 11 years ago now. That That movie is just so different. There's so many elements of that movie that are really interesting to to break down and he's burning people alive with flamethrowers yeah it's like <laughs> uh when that movie was released george w bush was still president and it's like it takes this this backdrop of the iraq war and makes a superhero movie built around it with this look at like arms dealing and having tony have his origin in the middle east and that's the sort of like real world elements that the series no longer has at this point. Like there yeah. aren't really real world tie-ins anymore. It's it's eclipsed that. It's it's gone beyond those like like tendrils that it had to reality and now it's gone into this like Star Wars level epic. Which is fine. It's an interesting transition, I think. Yeah. I sort of miss some of the real world stuff, but you know, bound to happen right as I mean, far as like when... commentary goes i think like iron man has so much more like real world commentary than uh, mm-hmm. infinity war or, or end game really do there's not a lot of comparisons you can draw between like uh well, i guess winter it, soldier maybe oh yeah, yeah yeah winter soldier also has 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 a ton um but there aren't a whole ton of comparisons to draw between like thanos oh, and his war. army invading uh, yeah, Earth and destroying the fictional city of, or attacking the city of Wakanda when none of these things really have any real world analogs. No, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, um, I guess Civil War did too, because uh, the whole situation of like, yeah, how are you going to protect the world with right? Civil um, War also has 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 a lot of political uh, themes. But oh uh, yeah, I'm sure we're gonna get some in Spider Man and stuff now. Was that a train? That... Oh yeah, there's a there's a train passing by my house. You live by a train, not by a train. Fuck, by a by by train. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> oh no, oh, I forgot what they were called. <laughs> yeah, real world stuff like that, like trains. Knowing yeah, what trains are. Yeah, I think we need Just to kidding. see more trains in future. Uh... Marvel movies. Marvel movies. But yeah, no, on that note, like, uh, nobody knows really, aside, aside from, like, rumors, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious where you might see the MCU going, or, like, how, I, I can't really see it being really the same thing anymore. It's like, not, it's never gonna be. And I don't I mean, I, I don't mean that in, like, a, like, a... What am I trying well, to you say? can't. You you can't have it be the same thing. Like it's just not possible because this is a culmination of eleven years, and you know the actors are going to change and stuff. Right. I'll be really so, interested to see how uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home is is able to follow up uh, Avengers: Endgame and 
to see what sort of like tone it's able to set and what sort of groundwork it's able to draw for like the next saga or whatever of of Marvel films because they do have some like sequel projects that are expected uh like a Black Panther follow-up, a Captain Marvel follow-up, a uh the other one I'm blanking on. What's the other one I'm blanking on? Black Panther? No, I said Black you, Panther. Oh, you said that Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, yeah. Um as well as some um as well as some original ones like Shang Chi who would be the first uh Asian American superhero in the MCU. Oh, that'd be cool. It would be cool. Um so like it's it's so interesting because these past 22 movies have all shared a a little bit of like contribution going towards infinity war going towards endgame um a whole ton of them have to deal with stones the infinity stones uh, a, a lot of them like the earlier ones incorporate like at the very least like post credit sequences like there's of course the original in iron man where they start to establish the idea of the avengers um in at least one like scene or moment all of these movies have have tied into the bigger picture and this movie doesn't even have an end credit sequence which i think is smart and the right thing to do and it really helps wipe the slate clean and set the stage for the next set of movies that we'll pick up with uh spider-man far from home mm-hmm. i feel like it's kind of interesting how they didn't tease that even though because it's coming out so soon it's literally coming out in like essentially a month. Yeah, and I think it, the idea is to just really separate um, the uh, to to just really give a definitive end to Endgame. Like it would have been really weird, I I think, if they had teased anything at the end, uh, especially mm-hmm. after how conclusive no, no, yeah. Endgame is. That's 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 kind of how I felt too. It's like you didn't they didn't need to tease anything. I just like felt like they could have. I right. like I wouldn't have complained, but I think it's also like, good to like kind of, kind of have a sense of, of 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 grounding where like there is superhero fatigue and there are people who see these movies to see what happens next and are still growing tired of them and it's almost like if you want a point to get out now they've given you a really good one which I I, I think mm-hmm. that's 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 a nice thing at least for anyone who who wants that. Yeah, um, seriously. But I'm I'm still I'll still be super interested to see where where things go from here and whether or not over the next 10 years they're able to build up another big event because I mean this was like this this was something that hadn't really ever been done in cinema before over the course of 10 years they really or 11 years they released 22 movies and they were all connected. Um, and it was an idea that started, it didn't, it wasn't like that at the start, but it started to quickly evolve into that over time and just kind of became this really absurd over the top thing that made a lot of money and it made a lot of fans and that people really enjoyed. Um, and so it it feels like, like whether, like regardless of how I feel about the movie, like whether or not I liked it, it feels like I've, I've, like I've witnessed a piece of history in the world of film. And knowing that this studio has more kind of in this same series to move forward with at some point really interests me to see what they're going to do and and where they go from here. Hmm. I'm I'm interested as well too. So 
But I feel like I'm probably not gonna see after Spider-Man, probably not a lot of Marvel movies for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we this, don't really know what's on the horizon, so once this is a wrap up, I guess. <laughs> for our 11 years. Right. Uh, I'm excited for maybe some new new studios. Like, maybe DC will step up and try something like what they were attempting with, with Batman. Maybe it'll be good. Who knows? Yeah. But it's time to go away from superheroes for a little bit for me. Cool. <laughs> Just kidding. That's never gonna happen. <laughs> well, on that note, is there anything else you wanna you wanna add, or should we just kind of? Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to wrap this up. Uh, go see Endgame if you haven't, and I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you haven't seen Endgame because yeah, we just kind of a nonsense sentence there. I yeah, guess, but... but there's people. There's people that do that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, but uh, don't spoil Endgame, first of all. Right. Um, at least wait like two weeks to talk about it on social sure. media. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there were a few questions that I had about the film that like I went home and I, I Googled because I knew there would be like a dozen articles I could find and link to about what was this thing. One of them was the uh, the kid at the end of the funeral scene. I didn't even, like, my brain didn't even go there with that was the kid from Iron Man 3. But it was oh, cool yeah. to learn that, and I went, oh, yeah, no, of course it is. Like, fuck. That was really cool. I like that. It's like the small characters still showing up. But, yeah. I, it's, a, it's, I, a, it's a 22 movies. It's It's had a lot of mediocre entries. It's had a lot of really interesting entries. It's had a lot of flaws and a lot of spectacular moments as well, but it's out of like out of everything. It's the the one thing that amazes me out of of this series is just seeing how dedicated fans are to it in a way that like I feel like I haven't seen since Star Wars, which makes total sense. Yeah, it's also like a lot more i i just keep thinking about how it's so many more movies over that same kind of period of time like star wars came out in these trilogies where you had to wait like two years between empire strikes back to see what what happened after that cliffhanger in return of the jedi and here you get like three movies a year in some cases but they're like different movies which is right what's what's interesting about it hmm Man, Marvel will never die. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm getting out of it. Yeah, I hope they do anyways. It's an interesting transformation, I think, of just the the landscape of cinema, and now Marvel has, or well, Disney, I guess, has so many things. I mean, I said like they've got Star Wars, but now they have other things they can bring into the MCU with the uh, Fox deal. Mm-hmm. So they potentially have a way to connect. The X-Men, A Way to Connect, The Fantastic Four, and those were really the two other big properties, aside from Spider-Man, that were missing at the uh, inception of the MCU. So, uh-huh. curious to see if they'll do anything with that, or if they'll keep them separate for a while. I'm sure they're also trying to figure out, or have been trying to figure out, how to do any of that. What would your final verdicts of this movie be? My final verdict? I mean... It's 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 difficult to like 
to to it's difficult to like to like say like i don't like scores in number no no i don't like scores like, in general but it would be difficult i think to score this movie because of you you have to put it in its context of, yes of but, being the culmination so like, of of another 20 plus movies so in the in its context of 22 movies how would you rate this movie as a finale of those 22 movies? Like, it's a finale that has some overt flaws, but overall, it is a very solid finale, so I guess I would give it, like, an A-. minus. Yeah, that's, I, that's fair. That's, that's definitely fair. Yeah, the, I, I actually 100% agree with that score, because, like, like I said, the humor, man. <laughs> it, it, it just brought it down a couple notches, and, like, I'm I'm even willing to look past some of this like scientific explanations in the movie that I don't really like have to think about like it's a comic book movie like I said you don't really have to think about that too much for it to not be for it to be a good movie right so uh that's a fair that's a fair score for this epic finale you got a lot of emotional aspects to it and a lot of great arcs from all of the movies or a lot of the movies in general so yeah, I'd I'd say the same thing. It's a great it's a great time to be a comic book nerd. Am yeah. I right, Travis? Uh absolutely. The next big movie I'm looking forward to is Rise of Skywalker. So, or what? Fuck! What is it called? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Are you oh, sure? No, no, no. Um, I thought it had four words. The Rise of Sk- doesn't matter. Hope you've enjoyed <laughs> listening to our <laughs> to our uh, Avengers Endgame spoiler cast. Uh, we... We're gonna be streaming some Borderlands actually right after if you guys want to stick around. Okay, well, so first around, of but... all, this is that's not how this works because I have to edit this and then push it out. So... <laughs> I know it's like tomorrow. <laughs> don't don't worry, Travis. I know I know how this works. But we're uh, gonna cut this off here, of... and then Caleb and I, I think, are gonna play some Borderlands after. Yeah. So if you're listening to tomorrow, which more than likely will be out tomorrow, right? <laughs> Saturday. I think so. Yeah, Saturday the 27th, we'll be playing Borderlands yesterday, so just saying. And then we'll, we'll, we'll come back with more episodes of, we'll come back with more uh, regular episodes of, of, of Hit Point Pals, where we'll talk about everything that's happening in video games, games that we've been playing, and games we're looking forward to, and all of that good stuff. So, Heck we yeah. will see you guys then. Peace out.